forward to the 51st verses. John 1, 43-51. Let's read it together. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip, and he said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael, and he said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Let's pray together. Eternal God, we thank you today for the opportunity we have to be in your word and with each other. Help us now as we look to this word, as we learn from it, to learn of you as well. Open our hearts and our minds to the truth found in John 1, 43 to 51. And Lord, help us to apply that truth to our lives, that we might grow nearer to Christ and nearer to each other. Lord, we ask this in the good name of Jesus. Amen. Well, church, this is Martin Luther King Day weekend. I don't know if you know that or not, but with all of the things that are going on in the world these days, it is worth mentioning to you how Dr. Martin Luther King handled uh, social change in the world. And the way he handled that was through something called nonviolent. Nonviolent. I'll repeat that one more time. Nonviolent resistance or demonstration to affect social change in the world. I think we'd all agree that there are many, many long and old and difficult problems in our nation. But I also would remind you that violence is never the answer. And I hope that as we enter into the week that lies ahead, I hope that our country and those who are our fellow citizens with us agree to that extent and to that end. I want to read to you a song today in opening up to this message. It's a song from way back when. It's written by, it was sung by a guy named Jimmy Cliff. And it reads like this. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. 
It's going to be a bright, 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 sunshiny day. It's going to be a bright, 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 sunshiny day. He goes on later on. There's a little phrase that says this. Look all around. There's nothing but blue skies. And then he continues on uh, with the main part of that song. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. It may seem to you in our world right now like it's hard to see clearly. I don't know if it's that way for you, but I have really struggled as of late with trying to see many things. The last year, as you know, has been difficult. Uh, the events of more recent history in the last couple of months have been difficult as well. But I hope today, as we look to the book of John, chapter 1, 43 to 51, and some of you, since I've been with you at Westbrook Park, if you've been here, you've heard me preach this two times before that I'm aware of. This is not going to be the same message, because the point of this message today is going to have something to do with us seeing more clearly. So just keep that in mind, with us understanding and knowing more clearly what God would have us to know. I want to take this a verse at a time, as I usually do. So in John 1.43, it says this. Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip, and he said to him, follow me. You know, the first disciples of Jesus came to him because of a guy named John the Baptist. You'll remember he was preaching and baptizing. But here in this passage, Jesus himself calls this person named Philip. Now, we suspect that Philip was a fisherman, and the reason we suspect that is because of what the next verse says. He was from a town called Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. All three of these persons we know from Bethsaida generally, excuse me, <coughs> would have been fishermen. The city where they're from, Bethsaida, actually means the house of of fishing. Uh, so if you were living at that time and you heard uh, the city of Bethsaida, you would have thought, well, that's the place where all of the fishermen are. And in the 45th verse, it says that after Jesus called Philip, that Philip went to Nathanael. And he goes to Nathanael and says to him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Church, I want to tell you something. Don't discount. Don't fool yourself into believing that it's not important to tell others about Jesus. Philip goes and finds Nathaniel and tells him, We found him of whom Moses wrote about in the Law and the Prophets, Jesus of Nazareth. The witness of Philip brings Nathaniel to Jesus. Now, if Nathaniel. I need to tell you, there's a little bit of a question of who he is. Some believe he might be Matthew. Some believe he might be Bartholomew. It leans more towards Bartholomew. But in any event, he's one of the disciples of Jesus Christ. And he was apparently, much like the Ethiopian eunuch was reading in the book of Isaiah and didn't understand, apparently Nathaniel was reading in the Law and the Prophets, studying probably the Pentateuch or the Torah, and Philip comes to him and appeals to him on the basis of the fact that Jesus fulfilled what Nathaniel and others like him would have been reading at that time. And so in the 46th verse, Nathaniel responds to Philip. 
And he says to him this phrase, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip appeals to him and says, Come, come and see. Now, Nazareth apparently did not have a good reputation in Galilee. Why was that? Uh, uh, Was it a rival village to Bethsaida? Was it immoral in some way? Whatever. But the question that Nathaniel asks is, could anything good come out of that place? And Jesus, as Nathaniel is coming, the scriptures tell us that Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him. And as Nathanael comes toward him in the 47th verse, Jesus said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed. And listen to this little phrase right here. In whom there is no deceit. You hold on to that phrase. In whom there is no deceit. That is a key word. Hold on to that word deceit for a minute. I'm going to come back and talk to you about it momentarily. And so Jesus has said this to the, of Nathanael, and Nathanael is now going to speak to Jesus. How do you know me? And Jesus said to Nathanael, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Now this did something in Nathanael. The fact that Jesus knew who he was and what he was about before he had ever met him brought a little bit of faith, or maybe belief, in what Philip had witnessed to. Remember what Philip had said, come and see the one that Moses wrote about in the Law and the Prophets. His name's Jesus. He's from Nazareth. Come and see. And and, and probably Nathaniel could not believe it. But when he comes to Jesus and Jesus knows him, he says, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit or guile. Uh, He says, Behold, I know who you are. And somehow that rang true in Nathanael's being, and he understood that somehow Jesus knew who he was. And when Jesus says these things to him, uh, Nathanael asks the question, How do you know me? And Jesus responds and says, Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. That threw off alarm bells as well. That turned on a light bulb. He knew that I was underneath a fig tree when nobody else would have done that. And so Nathanael responds in this way. Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus said to him, I want you to stop. I think this is meant to be humorous. I think Jesus is having a little bit of back and forth with Nathaniel right here. Nathaniel has just had the light bulb of faith come on. You are the Messiah. You are the King of Israel. All that because Jesus knew a little bit about him and because Jesus knew what he was doing before he met him. And Jesus kind of chuckles, I think. And listen to what he says. Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you now believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now you might stop and say, okay, that's a strange way for Jesus to have answered Nathanael's belief in him. I want to go back for a minute. First grasp hold of that phrase. 
the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. I want to go back to that phrase that I told you we would come back to. Because this phrase, angels up and down, and the other phrase, deceit, go hand in hand. They join together right here, church. When you couple those two phrases together, deceit and the angels ascending and descending, there was a light bulb that was going to go on in Nathaniel's head. And Jesus knew there would be a light bulb go on. You see, suddenly, if you've been studying the Old Testament, the Torah, if you've been reading those things like most Jews would have been, you would have understood. Even a novice student would have understood. Even somebody that had just a cursory understanding of the Jewish writings would have understood that Jesus was sending a message. Deceit and the angels of God up and down. You see, in fact, a scripture and a particular story would have immediately come to mind. Now, you may or may not know this story, so I'm going to take the time to share it with you, but it goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. It's in the 28th chapter. To really get a feel for it, you need to read Genesis 25, 26, 27, and 28. But I'm not going to do that with you today. If I do that with you today, we'll, we'll clear the parking lot out. So I'm just going to tell you what you need to know. You see, those phrases, deceit, and angels ascending and descending, they would have switched on a light bulb for Nathaniel. And it's the story... In the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, of Jacob. Now, just so you know, before we go any further, Jacob's name tells part of the story. If you're unfamiliar with scripture, listen close. It's important to know. Jacob means tricky, trickster, deceptive. Some have even gone so far as to say it means liar. But it means a deceptive or wily kind of a person. And Jacob lived up to his name. Jacob had a twin brother named Esau. Now I want you to imagine this for a minute. Esau was the older brother. He was born first. Some in our midst have been witness to when twins are born. If you know it or not, but Eric in there running the technology, he's got a twin brother, Andy. As I'm standing before you, I don't know who's older. But who's older? Eric is the older one. That makes Andy Jacob. But anyway, let me, let me not mess you up. <laughs> Trickster, deceptive. As they're being delivered by their mother, Esau was the older one. He was born first. And as they're born, Jacob, the one we're talking about here, has got a hold of his brother's ankle. And he would spend the next 20 or 30 years trying to trip up his brother, trying to hold on to him and to keep him back. In a big and significant way, he did just that. Because what he did was, he lied to his father one day. He deceived, he did exactly what his name means, deceived his father, and then he did two things to his brother that were near unforgivable. He stole his birthright, and he tricked his father into giving him his blessing. Now you say, Joel, birthright, blessing, what does that matter to me? Let me tell you. 
If you were the older son, you had the right to the birthright. You got more. What was going to be left, you took a position of authority in the family, and materially, you got more. But the blessing, you and I will say, I'll, I'll end my letters to people with these words, blessings. It's a different concept. The Jewish father lived to give a son the special blessing, and it was to go to the older son, Esau. But his brother Jacob stole it from him, and tricking his father, he stole away that birthright, and he stole away the blessing. Please understand, this is extremely significant. These these actions forced Jacob to leave his home and his family because Esau wants to kill him. And in the passage I'm going to read to you in a moment, I've, I've gone to great lengths to explain this to you in case you don't know the story. Jacob's being forced to leave home and he is scared to death. On the night he left, God gives him a reassurance in a dream and literally, i got to read it to you so you get it. It applies to what we're talking about in the New Testament in the book of John this morning with what Jesus said to Nathaniel. Listen to the story. Jacob left Beersheba. And he came to a certain place and he stayed there that night because the sun had set. He took a stone out of a place, he put it under his head, and he lay down there to sleep. And he had a dream. There was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God. Listen, church, if you just started to doze off, listen, this applies, this is important. On the ladder, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it, and the Lord stood above it. And he said, I'm the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring. Your offspring will be like the dust of the earth and you'll spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. And in your family, all the earth will be blessed. I'll be with you. I'll keep you wherever you go. I'll bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until what I've done, I've promised you, I will do it. Then Jacob, Jacob awoke and said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I didn't know it. This is not other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Church, I want you to notice two things that happened there. This ladder has the angels of God going up and down in it. Do you remember what Jesus said to Nathaniel? Oh, Nathaniel, you believe because I told you who you are and where you've been. You'll see greater things than this. You'll see the Son of God going up and down. You'll see the angels of God going up and down from heaven. And he said to Nathanael, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there's no deceit. Remember, Jacob's name means deceit. This was squarely a message that Jesus wanted Nathanael to understand. What did, what did those angels going up and down mean? What, it's exactly what God said in the scripture it means. The place where you're at is yours. 
You'll come back here. I've blessed you. You're the children of Abraham and the children of Isaac. And though you're going away now, you will come back. This land will be yours. And know this, that while you're gone, I will be with you wherever you go. No matter where you travel, I will have my presence with you. Church, stop for a minute. And some of you have heard this a thousand times from me before, but it's because we need to understand it. God longs to be with us. In the book of Genesis, what was his point? He created all that was, and he walked in the garden in the cool of the day. He's calling out the name Adam and Eve because he wants to be with them. Church, he wants to be with us. And even when sin entered the world, he came and he spoke through Moses. He appeared in a fire. And when the children of Israel went up out of bondage, though they could not see God, there was a pillar of cloud that went before them. There was a fire by night, a pillar that went before them. God's presence was with them. Finally, when they built the tabernacle, the priest would go in to see the presence of God. Eventually, it turned into a temple, and the priest would go into the Holy of Holies we talked about last week, and the presence of God was there. What is it that God said to Jacob? Jacob, I'll be with you. No matter where you go, you can count on it. I'll be with you. And the nation of Israel lived their entire being, their entire existence, longing for that presence of God to be with them. And here comes Jesus, who's a new person on the block. He's a new person in history. Philip says, Nathaniel, come see. We have found the Messiah. We found the one that Moses wrote about. And when he sees him, Nathaniel believes. He comes to faith. And Jesus says to Nathaniel, in whom there's no guile or deceit, you will see greater things than this. You will see angels going up and down to heaven. You will have my presence with you, Nathaniel. If Jacob, who was tricky and deceptive and wily, if he was worthy of this revelation from God in his dream, Nathaniel, how much worthy, how much more worthy are you? You'll see angels descending and ascending. The point of the passage, church, has to do with the presence of God. Jacob was at Bethel when he had this dream. They named it the house of God. Later, uh, uh, the Israelites would worship at Bethel, the house of God. But in this passage, in John this morning, Jesus is telling us something about himself, and he's telling Nathaniel something that we need to understand. The presence of God is no longer accessed in the temple. The presence of God can be accessed anywhere at any time because he's come here and he is now amongst us. This is John's gospel. I want you to consider this, church. You know, the, the, the book of John begins this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. When you go down to the 14th verse of that passage, it says this, And the Word became flesh 
and made his dwelling amongst us. It actually means in the original language, he built his tent amongst us. God chose to send his son so he could be with us. And it says he came from the Father full of grace and of truth. When you were in the presence of Jesus, you were in the presence of God. And even when Jesus went away, when he ascended to heaven after his crucifixion, he had given this promise to his disciples. Hear it good, church. He said, I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, another comforter, church, another presence of God in your midst. Jacob was promised one day he'd see the angels in ascending. But what Nathaniel is being told by Jesus and what we're being told by Jesus is so much more. The angels continually up and down. The Jews believed in the temple that when the priest went into their worship that the angels were coming down and going up and coming down and going up. Jesus says, no, Nathaniel, understand this. You're going to see so much more. You're going to see the Son of Man. You're going to have my presence with you. The presence of God will be continue, will be continuous in the person of Jesus Christ. Listen for just a minute. In this passage this morning, excuse me, in the 50th verse, in the 50th verse, I want you to hear what's said there. Let's talk about it for a minute. What has happened? Philip has witnessed to Nathaniel. Nathaniel has come to Jesus. Jesus has enlightened Nathaniel to the fact that he knows who he is. Nathaniel has expressed belief in Jesus. And here in the 50th verse, listen what happens. Jesus said, Because I said to you, I saw you under the figure under the fig tree you believe you will see greater things than these church I know you're in a car it's a cold morning it's snowing and it would be easy for our minds to travel please if you don't hear anything else this morning please hear this what Jesus said to Nathaniel these words I saw you under the figure fig tree do you believe, and you'll see greater things than these. There are three verbs in there that I want you to pay attention to, and here's why I want you to pay attention to that, to you, why I want you to pay attention to them. There is past, there's present, and there's future. Jesus says, I saw you under the fig tree. Are you with me? I saw you, past tense. And then he says, and now you believe? That is present tense all applying to Nathaniel and then he says you will see future tense tense greater things than these let's take them one piece at a time church saw believe will see this is how our faith grows this is how our knowledge of the presence of Jesus works. Nathaniel, before, before I saw you. You got that, church? Past tense. 
Before Nathaniel had any belief whatsoever, before Nathaniel had expressed any faith whatsoever, the grace of God, the presence of God, was at work in Nathaniel's life. We Methodists call that prevenient grace. It's when you don't even know that God's watching over you, but he is. You don't even know that he's working in your favor, but he is. Nathaniel, before you met me, I saw you. Church, I want to tell you something. Before you ever knew anything about Jesus, Jesus knew who you were. Before that guy in that Ford truck over there, if he doesn't know Jesus now, I want to tell you, Jesus knows him. And he's keeping him from an accident. And he's keeping him in a certain way. Because God's prevenient grace was at work. Nathaniel, before I saw you. But then he says to Nathaniel, and get this, you now believe? Now, just so you know, we have put a question mark in there and made that a question. It's not necessarily a question. It really doesn't matter, but I want to be sure you understand that. What Jesus is acknowledging here is that Nathaniel has come to some sort of belief or faith. Before I knew you, now you believe. Church, that is when we come to faith in Jesus. That is when the God that's been with us, but we didn't know it, reveals himself. And we choose either to believe or not to believe. That is when we place our faith in the Lord Jesus. That is when we know that he's there. That is when he makes a difference in our lives and we acknowledge it. But then he says, Nathaniel, you will see greater things than this. You will see deeper. Right now you can't see it, Nathaniel. But you thought there were angels going up and down to heaven in the temple. They're going up and down right now because I'm here. Nathaniel, you're going to see greater things than this. I want to stop for a minute and have you to know that right here this morning we are in the book of John, right? What is going to happen after this is Nathaniel is going to see Jesus raise the dead, give sight to the blind, preach liberty to the captives. He's going to do all of the things that the Messiah would do. Nathaniel is going to literally see greater things than that. But it wasn't always easy. There's 5,000 here with their wives and children. How can we feed them? Jesus says, I'll show you how you do it. Give me some fish and some loaves, whatever you got. I'll break it up. I'll pass it out and they'll be fed. John chapter 2. Hey, look, all we have is water and the wedding party's run out of wine. What are we going to do? Go and fill those pots up. And the water turns into wine. Oh, this woman runs out in the street and she touches the hem of his garment just hoping to be healed. The disciples think, man, she ought to be ashamed. And Jesus says, no, I'm going to fix that. Nathaniel saw all of those things that looked to be impossible. Feeding the 5,000, changing water into wine. Nathaniel saw those things that would have been impossible aside from God being in the house. And church, let me tell you something. We have, may have just gone through a pandemic, but God is still in the house. 
We may go, be going through a difficult time because of an election, but God is still in the house. We may have social issues that need dealt with, racism and poverty, but God is still in the house. And as difficult as it is for us to see what's going to happen next, the presence of God can be with us and he can turn the world upside down and what seems to be impossible becomes the easy possible when Jesus is present. Nathaniel, you think it's something that I named your name and I saw you one day sitting under a fig tree. Just you wait. Church, can I tell you something? God is going to see us through it. God is going to get us through it. And the reason is because God can be with us. When Jesus stepped out of heaven and he stepped out on earth, his presence, his living presence became available to you and to me. And he will see us through. That brings me to my bottom line. That brings me to my bottom line. I'm not sure it's stated the right way, but I'm going to state it anyway. The deeper our faith, the greater our sight. I can see clearly now. The rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that kept me blind. It's going to be a bright, bright, bright sunshiny day. Say, Joel, what on earth are you talking about? When we are in the midst of it, when we are in the midst of it, and you can declare for yourself what it is. I've named the big things, pandemics, elections, and world poverty. Let's talk about the smaller things for a minute. A marriage that's in the tank. A financial situation that forces you to realize your house may no longer be yours. Hunger that you can't talk to anybody about because only you know it. Relationships, a job that's in the tank and that you're going to lose. All of those things. Can I tell you something, church? God is in the midst of those difficulties as much as he was in the no fish for 5,000, as much as he was in the no wine for the wedding. God is in the middle of those difficulties. And though you cannot see how you're going to come out of that, if God is with you, you will come out of it. And one day you will look back and you will say, God are the dark clouds that kept me blind. It's going to be a bright, 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 sunshiny day. Nothing around me but blue skies. Because listen, church. In heaven, he will wipe every tear from our eyes. Did you hear me? God of the heartache. God of the difficulties. And the one that's brought me through is the Lord Jesus. Stay with me here for a minute. I got two more things to say to you. Paul the Apostle said this. In the book of Romans... We now look into a mirror darkly. We can't see how things will be. You understand I'm paraphrasing. But we know that one day we will see things clearly. For we shall see him just as he is. Church, stay with me on this. I know you're looking at me right now, and you see Joel Adkins standing in front of you. 
But I want to tell you, I don't stand here in my own strength. I stand here because God is with me. He's right here. He's right here. He's right here. He's right here. In the Old Testament, they were going up to do a battle. And they didn't understand. And they said, look on the hillside surrounding you. And there were God's angels going to fight the battle for them. Church, I want to tell you something. We don't see right now what we'd like to see. But we know that when he appears, we'll be like him. And we will see clearly, for he has opened our eyes. Final verse. Final verse. And again, it's the Apostle Paul. We walk by faith and not by sight. Please, please, please get this point. Please, please, please get this point. When Nathaniel was contacted by Philip, he had no idea who Jesus of Nazareth was. No idea. All he had was the witness of a friend of his who said, come and see. We found the one that Moses wrote about. He's the Messiah. Its name's Jesus, and he's from Nazareth. And Nathaniel says, could any good thing come out of Nazareth? And when he sees him, and Jesus reveals a little bit to him, Nathaniel comes to a place of faith. Church, I want to, let's stop here for a minute. Your faith, your faith will never be until we get to heaven, until we see Jesus, all that it can be. But Jesus said, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you can say to a mountain, be removed, and it will be removed. Nathaniel had just enough faith to say to Jesus, you are the Messiah. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus basically says, you ain't seen nothing yet. And Nathaniel would walk, listen church, Nathaniel would walk the rest of his earthly life in faith. Not by sight, by faith. Most of those early disciples of Jesus ended up either dying because they were martyred, hung upside down on a cross, or thrown to some lions, or burnt in the city on a stake covered in tar. I want to tell you, they didn't walk by sight. They walked by faith. But with the confidence assurance, confident assurance that every time they took a step in faith, that step got a little bit deeper. Oh, God got me out of this little situation. What's he going to do next? Just wait and see. Oh, this is a big situation. What's God going to do now? Just wait and see. And as they walked by faith, hear me now. As their faith grew deeper, their sight of Jesus got brighter. The deeper you walk in faith, the greater your sight becomes. This wasn't part of the message, but I'm going to end with this, and then we'll, we'll listen to a, a hymn, a song. You know, in the, in the book of Acts... Stephen. I don't know if you know the story of Stephen or not, but he got stoned to death. 
He got stoned to death. Can't even imagine it. But as they're throwing the stones at Stephen, and the stones are whacking him in the head and hitting him in the head, and the blood's pouring down, he was still walking by faith. And the way I know that's so is because he lifted up his eyes and he looked to heaven and he said, I see Jesus. Church, I don't know how deep God will require you or me to walk without sight of him. But I do know that when we trust him and place our faith in him, no matter how deep he calls us to walk, he will bring us out of it with a deeper revelation of who he is to strengthen our faith to go a little further until the day that he appears. And I believe that this story we've told today is a cycle. Philip told Nathaniel, Nathaniel has to go tell somebody else. Church, God bless you. The deeper your faith, the greater will be your understanding and sight of who Jesus is.